You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Love the congregation of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Today is, as you all know, no doubt, Mother's Day. It's nice that on this particular day the sun is shining and we may experience a beautiful day together and also experience that day together with mothers as well as grandmothers. Because really this, in addition to being a day of worship, is also a day in which we are meant to reflect on the love, the care, the work, the support that mothers give to us every day to reflect on our pivotal roles in our lives. It's a day in which we might also want to encourage our daughters to become, the Lord willing, good mothers in due time as well. In short, this is a happy day for most of us and for most mothers and grandmothers here. But sadly, of course, not for all. There are those among us who had expected more and better from their mothers. There are those who would love to be mothers but who have never received the opportunity. There are those who hardly know their mothers because their lives were cut short. And so you can see that while today the overwhelming response is one of thankfulness and one of gratitude, there is also a degree of sadness as well as disappointment. In this broken world of ours, even the best celebrations have shadows attached to them. And of course, our God knows this. That's why he has given us what you call or what we call the means of grace. He gives us the preaching and the promises of the gospel to remind us that one day the shadows are all going to disappear. And he gives us the sacraments to ensure and to assure us of these promises. Holy baptism reminds us that in life and death we belong to him and that he has laid his claim upon us. And the Holy Supper reminds us that he will feed and nourish and care for us all the way to eternal life. But besides the sacraments, and especially this morning, the sacrament of the Holy Supper encouraging us as we deal with life's disappointments, is there any other connection? Or to put it somewhat differently, what does Mother's Day have to do with the Lord's Supper? I think most of us would be inclined to say nothing. There is no connection between these two things. They are totally different events, and occasions. But, beloved, before we get too dogmatic about that, turn with me for a moment to Galatians 4, 21, and we'll read to the end of 31. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born in the ordinary way, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a promise. These things may be taken figuratively, for the women represent two covenants, 
One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, O barren woman who bears no children, break forth and cry aloud, you who have no labor pains, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born in the ordinary way persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Now, that's not exactly an easy passage, is it? Indeed, the scholars will tell you that this is among the most difficult passage in Paul's entire letter to the Galatians, if not among all of his writings. That makes it rather intimidating. It also makes it rather challenging for us. Oh, and notice one more thing, that buried in this passage is also our text of this morning. It are the words of Galatians 4, 26, but... The Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother. Now, isn't that something? Here you always assume that you had only one mother. However, the Apostle Paul says that actually, as a believer, you have two mothers. You have your natural birth mother, so to speak, but you also have another mother called the Jerusalem that is above or the heavenly Jerusalem. So actually one card, one bouquet of flowers, one present will not do. You need two of each today. Maybe you find that somewhat confusing and bewildering. Well, then, let's take a closer look for a moment. What is the Apostle Paul really going on about here in this part of his letter to the churches in Galatia? Well, for starters, look back at verse 21. There Paul asks a pivotal question, and it is this. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? Now, as you may know, among the churches in Galatia, whom Paul is addressing in this letter, there was a sizable group of people who were arguing that Gentiles who become Christians had to submit to various Jewish laws and traditions in addition, in addition to believing in Christ. So you can say they proclaimed what is often called the gospel of plus, Salvation is a matter of faith in Jesus Christ plus doing certain works of the law. 
But then, beloved, read on and you can see how the Apostle Paul disputes this. He disputes it with his entire heart, soul, and mind. He wants nothing to do with this kind of a presentation of the gospel. Yes, and to drive that particular point home, he wants to show those believers in Galatia and elsewhere who are dabbling in the gospel of plus the real consequences of their position. In verse 21, he is asking them, do you really and truly know what you are doing? When you say and when you shout and when you boast that you want to be under the law? Do you know what that means? Do you know what consequences are of that? Well, I'll show you. I'll show you by way of figurative or allegorical language what that's all about. Do you remember our forefather Abraham? Of course you do. How can you be a Jew and possibly forget about him? And do you also remember how he had two sons? The one son, Ishmael, he had through a slave woman, and the other son, Isaac, he had through a free woman. The one son came normally. The other son came miraculously and by promise. Now, up until now, what the Apostle Paul is saying is easy to understand. But then notice that when we come to verse 24, things get kind of complicated. For their normal speech gives way to figurative or allegorical speech. And he says, in effect, that these two women, who both give birth to a son, represent, symbolize two covenants. The one symbolizes a covenant of slavery. The other symbolizes a covenant of freedom. And first he says there is the covenant of slavery which is identified with Hagar and with her son Ishmael. And he says its roots go all the way back to Mount Sinai and it even reaches out to his own day, to the present Jerusalem. And in it, he says, are all of those people who live their lives by the law or who believe ultimately in the gospel of plus? Yes, and he says, whether they realize it or not, all of these people are actually slaves. Slaves to the law. They live under its pressure. They strive foolishly to try to meet its demands. They live a life of, we have to do this, we have to do that, or else. True, Christ, of course, does something. But we also, we have to perform, we have to accomplish, we have to achieve. That's what salvation is all about. But Paul says that's not salvation. That's slavery. For the law demands that we do by nature what we can never do. The law always reminds us ultimately of failure. 
the law always brings with it a great degree of frustration. The law always ultimately leads to bitterness and oppression. How sad and how depressing. But then notice Paul says there is another way. There is a covenant, another covenant, and this covenant is connected to Sarah, to the free woman. And this is also, he says, a covenant connected to another Jerusalem. For he says, while the Jerusalem below is very much in slavery, the Jerusalem above is free. And not only is she free, but all who belong to her are free as well. And what does he mean when he says that they're free? He means to say they're free from the law and the demands and the pressure and the compulsion of the law. He means that Jesus Christ has come and that he has redeemed his people from all the demands of the law. And that salvation, true salvation, is not an ever a combined effort. It's not about plus. It's not about Christ doing something and we doing something and together. We somehow get there. No, the gospel says Christ has done it all. Christ has perfectly fulfilled the law. Christ, therefore, has set us free. It's a gift. And therefore, Paul concludes by saying in verse 31, Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. And so our believers, our children, of the free woman. Believers belong to the Jerusalem that is above. And then notice the Apostle Paul adds, and she is our mother. The Jerusalem above, yes, is our mother. It's into this church, into this body, into this community, that we are born, that we are nourished, that we are protected, that we are blessed. Our spiritual mother is above, and she is free. And because she is free, she makes us free as well. She provides, and she supplies. Now, beloved, in light of all of that, do you perhaps begin to see that there is a connection, an emerging connection between Mother's Day and the Lord's Supper? Today, most of us are thinking about our earthly, physical, natural mothers and grandmothers. And that's great. That's how it should be. 
God wants you to think about them lots. That's why he gives you all of those commands in the scriptures about honoring and loving your mother. God always wants you to be thankful for all the blessings he has given to you. And surely one of the greatest blessings is that of having a mother. But then as you reflect upon your earthly mother, he would have you reminded and tell you not to forget your other mother. Don't forget the Jerusalem above and that she is free and that she makes you free. Do not forget that she loves you. That she cares for you. That she watches over you. That she nourishes you spiritually. And the proof of that nourishment? Well, we have it here very visibly this morning in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Indeed, every celebration should be for us a reminder of that other mother. Our heavenly mother. Of how Christ gathers, defends, and preserves her. Of how she represents freedom. And of how she joyfully and completely cares for us. The bread that is broken and eaten is the bread of our other mother, the Jerusalem that is above. And the wine that is poured out and that is drunk is the wine also of that other mother, the Jerusalem above. Both remind us that this mother is still at work preparing us for an even greater meal, the marriage feast of the Lamb of God. So mothers below and mother above, we rejoice in you today, and we thank our God always for you. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.